friends ben weber here i am traipsing in astoria queens right now i'm at the 30th avenue stop going to see my buddy tim manley you may remember him from episode two um, i'm headed to the nook we're we're gonna bid farewell to the nook he's moving out he's moving to harlem so i gotta soak up hit these astoria environs uh almost i don't know it feels like for the last time there's there's so much lovely scenery here there's this beautiful fruit and vegetable market that i'm approaching all of the greens look exquisite and heavenly they're doused in a thin veil of mist all the time good looking corn some grapes watermelon enormous enormous watermelons peaches blueberries. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see Tim. Got to spend some time with him this weekend. Went to our buddy Ben Wellington's baby shower. Ben Wellington, going to be a father. I'm so excited. Uh, there's There are few people more equipped for fatherhood than than my man Ben Wellington. So I celebrate you. I celebrate you, Lee. Lee Wellington, Ben's lovely wife, and soon to be mother. Wow, this episode is truly incredible. Uh, Lisa Giordano, episode 20. I've been doing 20 of these. Lisa Giordano in the reading chair. Uh, so Lisa, someone I looked at and smiled at a lot before we officially met, she runs the compost program in my neighborhood on Cortelli Road every Sunday. She uh, staffs the compost tent from, I believe it's Grow NYC. Uh, and, you know, for months I would bring my frozen food scraps to the bins and give her a big old smile. Super cute. Uh, I really, you know, I love dropping off my compost. I loved seeing her face. And uh, it turns out uh, the Sunday of Figment... I was wearing a bow tie. She uh, asked me about my bow tie, and we got to talking. I asked her her name. Next thing you know, I asked her to do a cozy zone. Next thing you know, here we are, episode 20. Very exciting. Um, we talk a lot about Enneagrams, which is something you should definitely check out, a strange personality test. I, I don't exactly know the, the source of it, but I think human beings are always trying to sort out their own experience, to, to put their selfness in a category, horoscopes and, and favorite colors. And, you know, everyone, everyone wants, wants a category to soothe their ego. And I get it. Uh, I'm, I'm a two. I'm a helper. That's what I discovered uh, after doing that. Uh, yeah, so, so Google uh, Enneagrams and take the test yourself. See, see who you are. I think you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised 
Uh, well, I, I'm just uh, getting to Tim's place now, uh, so I'm going to say farewell. Uh, we should have a very cozy night. Uh, but really, good luck in diving into episode 20, Lisa Giordano, in the reading chair. And uh, congratulations to me on making it 20 episodes. Congratulations uh, to me for meeting Lisa. And uh, I know you'll enjoy. Talk to you soon. This view out your window, is uh, it stopped me in my tracks. Um, so the sun is setting over Manhattan right now. We see the Empire State Building. There's a plane. Yeah, one casual plane just flying over the skyline. Super casual. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like one of the most exciting things about moving into my apartment. <laughs> when I first like came in, um, first of all, I was shocked by the whole entire space because the building itself looks like a commercial warehouse, which it used to be. Um, and then my roommate sort of like opened the door to the apartment. And it's this beautiful loft that's been carved out and built in like really interesting format and then I walked over to the window and it looks out over all of Manhattan and Brooklyn and I was like this is a spot this is where I'm gonna live <laughs> this is a this is a good find <laughs> um we're dealing we're dealing I, I'm just gonna take us back to the sunset because we're dealing with like a lot of colors a lot a lot of different colors and Lisa you're a, a painter yeah um a scholar of color perhaps oh not that much <laughs> um but li- like so we got blue we got orange and pink, but do you, I mean, do you know, do you know the other color words? Do you know? Yeah, there's a little bit of like a lizard and crimson in there, uh, a little bit of Prussian blue towards the top, um, yeah, some burnt sienna in there on top of the alizarin crimson, which makes for an interesting kind of purplish thing going on. Um, really beautiful. <laughs> really beautiful. Thank you. Uh, what what was the the first blue you said? Prussian blue. Prussian blue, and then alizarin crimson. Alizarin. 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 Not a lizard. Lizarin. Not a lizard. Alizarin. <laughs> um, okay, alizarin crimson. Two of my favorite colors to use. Yeah. Do you have a favorite paint? Yes, yellow ochre. Yellow ochre. Mm-hmm. Not it's an, and it's not like uh a, like redundant or it's not like saying yellow ochre is like. Yeah, it's pretty standard. It's standard. Um, because I guess it's an ochre just by itself. Yeah, but like the oil paint name is, is yellow ochre. Nice. I, I mean, everyone would get if you said ochre, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but you wouldn't be in, you wouldn't be a painter. Like right. they would look at you and like, you know, your, your master <laughs> would look at you and, and say you were a, not even a journeyman. Maybe. A journey person. Maybe a journey person. Journey person. Everyone's a journey person in painting. Yeah. <laughs> um I uh I'm so excited to be here. So we're in we're in Greenpoint. Yes, Brooklyn. We are. Um in in one of the cozy zones in your apartment. Yes. Um so where where exactly in this dope spot are we? Um, so we are in the far corner of my apartment, which I like to think of as my reading corner. Um, and there's this like weird Danish chair that I'm seated in that was here when I got here. Um, the guy who's like built this apartment and used to live here kind of collects, uh, Danish furniture. (laughs) So I'm seated in a Danish chair in the corner of my apartment 
faced up against the only two big windows in the apartment. Um, yeah, and we're situated in the nice like living room area. It's super nice. Um, Thank you. There's uh, there's these like little these little sort of cloudy glass squares that presumably allow light to filter into the other rooms from these two windows. Yes, I was never really sure of the function of those, and now I understand. Yeah. Good call. Okay. okay. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you're welcome. you. Oh, so I was looking at this horse painting. I was like, oh, what an interesting horse painting. Painting. N- not a painting. Not a painting. <laughs> um, would you like to... A completed puzzle, completed in puzzle. fact. A um, horse puzzle. It's a big horse and a baby horse. Yeah, it's a really like intimate puzzle picture, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, your normal puzzle. An intimate moment between these this horse family. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a single horse mom? Do you um, think there's a horse dad in the I think there's a dad frolicking somewhere in okay. the fields nearby. He's maybe at work. Yes. You know, uh it's tax season. He's like at late <laughs> at the office probably. Or who knows? That's him and the mom is at work maybe. at the office. Yeah, I, I can't. That's that's true. I <laughs> maybe. You're right. Um, I'm, there's a, a beautiful yellow coffee table that I just put my, my hand on. Oh, and there's <laughs> a book, uh, The Exegesis of Philip K. Dick, which... Do, do you uh, know Philip Dick? I do. I do only... F- I, I have to admit only from, like, the movie adaptations yeah, okay. of, like, his stories. Totally. Um, like... Uh, Scanner Darkly, I think, is him. I'm actually not that familiar with him. My roommate is like a writer and massive reader. Okay. And I had this like crazy dream experience like two and a half weeks ago, and I was telling him about it, and it was like the most supernatural thing that's ever happened to me. And then he gave me that book um, after I told him because Philip K. Dick is really big on like the supernatural spiritual experiences that like transform your thinking. What Um, did you dream? Okay, it's really intense, and you're gonna think I'm crazy. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. here to listen to this dream. I, it makes me feel like a witch, and also it's like not really believable, but like I swear it on my life, it's true. <laughs> okay, so um, one of my really close friends, who's like literary opinion, I trust a lot. Um, we have like very similar taste in books, and like we have a thing going where like if one person recommends the book, the other person has to read it without any questions asked. So um, he called me up and he was like, you have to read the book, The Underworld by Don DeLillo. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, And I, no questions, like went out and bought it. Um, But so that night he called, that he called me that night. I was like home in my house in Long Island and I went to bed and woke up in the morning from like a extremely like vivid, intense kind of surrealist dream where I was like on a de- in a desert and I've never been to the desert before but like the landscape was like super clear and vivid to me and next to me was like a person who I didn't know but I sensed that they were really important in my life um and then we were kind of like looking out onto the expanse of the desert and this orange plane started to fly by like really low to the horizon and it was like a kind of like cartoonish orange and I remarked to the person that it was really weird that there was a plane when there's nothing else around us and where is it coming from? Why is it so low? 
And then the dream switched to me being like tied with four people to a bunch of balloons and being like lifted up over the desert and like looking out on the expanse of the landscape and like crying. And I woke up like crying because I thought it was so beautiful and I'd never seen it before. So it's really weird that I could imagine it, I guess, so vividly in my head. Um, and then I like was thinking about it and was just like, wow, that felt really different than a normal dream. Like I know this has some importance. And then I kind of forgot about it. And a couple of hours later, I went to buy Underworld um, and I was reading it at the beach. And it's about a it's about a lot of things. But one of them is like a painter who paints planes in the desert. And so that I thought was like pretty weird. And I was like kind of freaked out. But I, I thought it was just like coincidence kind of thing because it's a bit different. She was like painting them as an art project. And I didn't make the connection that intensely. And then two weeks later, I'm on the subway and I opened up to like the chapter I was reading and I start reading about like a man and his wife like being lifted up in a hot air balloon over the desert. And I like burst out in tears on the subway and like smacked the book shut and like freaked out and everyone was looking at me and I had to like get off at the next stop because I was like so taken aback and I didn't know anything about the book or anything of its content um, and felt like I had just been like, told something from like some higher force and that's never happened to me before um and then I came home and told my roommate and whatever Philip K. Dick <laughs> that's awesome it was crazy I I don't think I don't think it means you're a witch like I <laughs> I would disagree I mean I I you know we we don't know each other very well but uh you know it it sounds to me like you were merely open to you know the collective unconscious I suppose like that's that that's my personal take on it good I'm glad I feel yeah. the same <laughs> yeah like I mean I, I don't know I mean and th th not to like knock witches like that's totally that's totally cool <laughs> but I think I mean it didn't sound like you you know you weren't using like herbs and poultices to like <laughs> conjure forth you were just sort of you know open you were just being you were sleeping you were dreaming yeah exactly um that is that is awesome I I was like I have started uh, underworld i maybe gotten oh, like really? a few pages in mm -hmm. but like enough to know that it's like oh yeah it does, it does take place in a desert it does, there's, yeah, yeah. i don't i didn't remember i think may, yeah I, re I got to the plane um but i didn't get to the balloon right right the balloon part that's amazing yeah it was really really weird <laughs> and you've never had um i i guess it, i my question was like you have you had other dream experiences no, Similarly. that was what was so weird. Like I had never had any sort of experience like that. And like my best friend studies like spiritual psychology at Columbia and has this kind of like shit happen to her all the time. Okay. It's really into like past life regressions and stuff. And she okay. was like, oh yeah, like you definitely knew the author in a past life and you both had this experience and he decided to write about it. Like you should connect. And I was like, okay, that's insane. But like maybe. I mean, you, you think DeLillo would, he might, he might. Like, he might bite. You know, why not? Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, Don, like, we knew each other in a past life. <laughs> Good. I, your book is great, though. You really got it. You really got it. Thanks. Thanks from Lisa. Uh, you may, do you think you will write him? Um, I feel like if I did, he would be like, this chick is insane. Like, another one of these. I promise that, like, it will not be the craziest piece of mail he's a, like you know he's a famous author like i'm sure you're a public figure you get crazy you can get much crazier totally. crazier letters i, I guess why not yeah I, you know i'm i'm really like i'm really 
happy to hear about your dream. And I'm, I'm very curious about dreams, particularly because I myself am not a big dreamer. Like really? I, I think maybe once every four months I half remember a dream mm. that I had. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Do either. you sleep really deeply? I do sleep deeply. I think that's part of it. Okay. Because I think that when you're in like REM sleep, you're like less likely to remember unless you wake up really abruptly. Yeah. Um, but then like, I guess there's like a sliding scale of like when you come out of REM right. into like your waking state. Right. Um, and I think that you remember most, like most of your dreams when you're either like woken up from that really deep state yeah. or like you're coasting on kind of like the lighter, like kind of daydreamy. Right. Um, have you done any like lucid dream practices or any like no i was like really into reading like carlos do you know carlos castanetas yes yeah uh, i mean i haven't read him but i know i know i have i i read some of his other shaman buddies yeah, totally um um yeah i was i read like the art of dreaming by him okay. and kind of like tried to do his like lucid dreaming techniques mm-hmm. of like being aware of your hands and and mm like testing yourself as you're falling asleep but i never succeeded in it yeah yeah and i guess i just don't really lucid dream which is why it was so weird for me to have that experience yeah. and like why i knew it was important because like i felt so real when i woke up that's uh, that's incredible and i i, uh, I don't know i have a question about like you're a painter right mm-hmm. so and uh, I, I saw some of your, your work in, in your room you showed me, which is, is really, uh, you know, sort of um, abstract and uh, it feels like it, it lives in a dream place. It dreams in a, a consciousness that is, is separate from sort of our waking life. To, totally. You know. <laughs> um, and d- is there any connection between, like, your dream state uh, and your paintings? And if not, where, like, where do you draw yeah, it's actually really interesting that you said that because I was talking about this with someone yesterday. Um, painting totally comes from sort of like an external force to me. Um, it's like you're kind of standing by the easel and making like a series of decisions over and over and over, um, but you're not using your like mental brain in the way that you normal make, normally make decisions throughout the day. Um, and it comes from like a deeper level of consciousness that I would, yeah, say is more aligned with like your dream state. Um, and it's sort of just like a knowing of aesthetically, like what goes there and what goes there and like a feeling of color and like, yeah, you can learn the basics of how color works and how to create texture. But then beyond that, it's like something that's working, um, I mean, it's, I guess it's like what you would call the artist's gift or like all artists feel kind of that when they're in the space, um, that something's kind of just like working through their body as a medium to communicate, um, yeah, feelings. Yeah. So feelings. How do you, how did you cultivate that? Um, well, I guess from a young age, my mom is an artist and so she kind of like saw that I was really interested in it and had like some skill in it when I was younger and then she let me go to an arts high school when I was young um so like I went to my regular public school and then a couple days a week I would spend like four hours at an arts high school doing painting and drawing um and they were really like skill oriented it was like a fine arts school and I like cultivated that there um and then like once I 
sort of like formed the skills that I needed to paint with. I started to be able to like abstract and think like conceptually and apply that in abstraction. Nice. How long have you sort of kept in that like artist fugue state at like that it sort of sounds like that, you know, this external force, you letting this force guide you like how long has sort of been your longest like how long have I like painted for in one session yeah 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 um I actually can't paint for extended periods of time like the three hours that I would be in art school like with like the half hour at the end for crit or whatever would be kind of my like tipping point um but now I'll I guess I need like a five hour span of time to do good work because I need like two hours to like stare at the canvas or at the wall <laughs> but like my actual productivity um really only happens in like two hour spans and then after that i can feel it like going away and i'll feel when my work starts to like change or, yeah. or get worse what what are you thinking about when you're staring at the wall or the canvas like what is going through your head um i guess it's like you just get in the space to make start making the decisions and you're like looking at the work and thinking of like where you want it to go, where it's at now, and then like just like starting to get in the zone where you like feel comfortable making the decisions and like I don't know, it just happens like that for me. It's like I start painting like an area of the canvas that's like I've been working on that I'm comfortable in and then like I'll go into like the more complex areas like as time goes on and then I know I'm really in it for like two hours and I can like work and the decisions are coming and then it just retracts and I know I'm done. (laughs) Wow. It's really interesting to hear about that. Like I've, I haven't really ever talked to a painter about their process. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I'm much more of like a word guy. Totally. Um, And I think language does not, I mean, it's a complete, it's sort of a different beast than like color Mm -hmm. and texture and sort of things that live in a, sort of un literally unspeakable un like it is it is pure like feeling and like sensory reaction like totally. it, is, it is a completely sort of different universe that feels frankly very foreign to me and totally. like I'm genuinely fascinated like what is it like what does it mean to be a painter like what does that mean yeah but what about writing like where do, where do you feel that that comes from um if it's like not external at all but it's like In- deep yeah. it's like a deep comes from within you know or like some you know some silly idea or some you know something you remember you know but it's all like I mean it's it's happening to make sense of experience it's like it's taking experience and and past words and like distilling it into you know language which is a you know I find a somewhat, I, I guess I'm angry with language. It's a very Im- imperfect container. And limiting, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, frankly, so is pigment and, totally. you know, paint. And it's, you know, hard to control. But uh, I guess, you know, we all, we put a lot of stock in language, you know. So true. And, and I think paint is like, all right. So we, it's like, it's lower stakes. Cause it's <laughs> like, all right, it's a painting. It's, it's colors. It's nice. It's a form. But I mean, it, it also does a lot to our feelings and our right. bodies. But, you know, we all, we like use language as a tool to like function and survive totally. and like be citizens and like all this other nonsense that sort of paint on a canvas has its own 
realm. place. Yeah, its own realm, which yeah. is like super cool. Yeah, totally. I feel like language and words are are similar too, though, in that like you see part of the world and like you're drawn to it for some reason, like whether it be like aesthetic or I don't know emotional. And then, like, words are the same as paint and, like, transforming that through you as the medium. Right. Um, although they're, like, totally different in their effect and in their process, it's, like, a similar sort of artistic experience. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think what resonated with me is, you know, talking about decision-making, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like to think of art only as making decisions. Like, yeah, that's totally. really the only activity and it sounds like that once you get in the groove it's just like oh yeah I can like I'm saying yes to these decisions I know what to do like like these like I will put more paint here I will like put this color here and same like with words like you know finding like this word maybe if you're writing a poem a line break happens or whatever yeah and that makes all the difference yeah um but I I think I don't know that definition or like for me it's really important that anybody has access to creation or to identify as an artist and anybody can make decisions. Everyone does make decisions. And so, you know, you just have to like get yourself in a context and like find a medium and just start choosing things. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that like, you know, technique and practice are, you know, are not important. Like you'd also need that. Right. But it comes after finding your, or sometimes before, but I guess like it definitely comes aligned with finding like your creative outlet. Yeah. And then, you know, like refining that. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. Like, uh, so the, the, the recent episode I, I did a cozy zone was with my dad who definitely does not identify as an (laughs) artist you know he's a lawyer he uh but he likes to cook right so that's like that requires that that same sort of poetic decision making so true um and yeah so i think like i don't know something it feels like really part of the the urgency of this project this cozy zone project is like sitting with people and saying like you think you're an artist like right like you're an artist (laughs) right yeah good yeah 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 everyone's an artist yeah yeah that's cool yeah good good (sighs) yeah yeah everyone's an artist for some reason that like is very it's a really important belief that i have same yeah so true um well i it seems important to, to tell everybody how we met yeah. Um, I, I, I'm proud of that. Um, so I, I'll, I can begin and you can, you can finish. But, uh, so every, every week, um, on, uh, on Cortelli road, there's a farmer's market and, and part of the farmer's market is there's a, there's like a bunch of bins put out by the city in which, uh, the locals can carry their organic scraps and bring them there. So, uh, it's a compost area. And so every week, like one of literally one of my favorite things to do is to go <laughs> into my freezer and grab the shopping bag of frozen garbage, organic scraps <laughs> that I have. It's a lot of cro- coffee grounds. Um, you know, uh, now that it's CSA season, it'll be a lot of like stems. Like we have, there are, there are literally like five bags of compost in my freezer. Cause I haven't, I, I haven't, how beautiful it is. I haven't, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't made it. I haven't made it to, uh, 
to the stand yet, you know, which is a bummer. You've been missed. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I've missed it. I've missed it. And, um, yeah. And so I, I don't know, like, I don't know what your schedule is, but I, I've seen you there like for months, you know, probably. And I was like, oh, this is a nice person. So, <laughs> and, you know, and then, oh, it's a nice person. Oh, here's my bag. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm wearing headphones or, you know, who knows, but I like it. And I'm always like, oh, yeah. and I'm yeah. Always like hey. Hey, yeah, and I give a smile like, oh, yep, okay, gotta go, I gotta go, because I'm very busy, you know, I'm Sunday morning, I'm very busy, you know, and so I, I walk away, and I'm maybe picking up laundry or something, um, and miraculously, uh, a few weeks ago, it was, it was Figment, Right. And I was, uh, before I, I went to Figment, I, I was dressed for Figment. I was wearing a bow tie. And I believe you said, oh, I like your bow tie. And <laughs> I was like, it started it And I was like, oh, oh, well, uh, okay, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. That's what I said. And uh, that was so nice that you, you saw me. You saw my humanity manifested in a, a it, it's a good bow tie it was a good, it bow, was a tie. good bow tie um my friend uh, who i was telling you about ben wellington mm. uh who we were gonna you know st- uh, start this this applied improv right, right. group in the paint factory he uh, he provided that bow tie for his wedding so ah, it's, a, it's a very right, right, right. meaningful bow tie um and uh yeah so then then that was it and then so i was like okay let's and then i i think we chatted and i asked you your name and told you about figment and told you about cozy zone and yeah totally yeah i've been seeing you coming for like weeks and weeks as yeah. i've been there for like months and i've pretty much memorized like every person that comes weekly to do a like favorite ritual a lot of people have like similar feelings yeah. to you as to like dropping off their organic refuse mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and i started to get like to know all the names of the people in the neighborhood i've made like some good friends that i hang out with a lot that's from nice. that little stand that's awesome um, i mean i can imagine i mean yeah you have a very i mean a very benevolent wonderful presence so, <laughs> you know you know yeah it makes it makes sense yeah, but I noticed you as one of like the regulars, and I was like, "Oh, like this kind young man." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, bow tie time! Time to say what's up." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very glad you did. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, and this is this is so nice, and you know, hopefully, uh, well, I mean, I will always come uh, to drop off my compost. Good loyal uh, customer. <laughs> yeah, of course, and uh, yeah, it would be great to, you know, hang out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I work on, like, four different markets throughout the week. I oh. work one on, like, Tuesday, Thursday, one on Saturday, and one on Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, but Cortelu is my favorite, like, customer base of people because it's, like, such a diverse community in, like, Dimas Park, Flatbush area. It's, like, you have, like, really, like, um, young, hip millennial type crew that comes <laughs> and, like, loves to talk about the science behind compost. And then you have the, like really low English speaking communities who um, have difficulty with talking about compost with me and I have difficulty with them, but we still communicate really well. Um, and they're also really stoked on the food scraps. Um, and then you have like older people and like kids and families. And it's just like, I love everyone that comes there. <laughs> it is a, it is a wonderful, it's a wonderful place and you are a wonderful uh, host of, Thank of, you. of this, of this, <laughs> 
a place to dump our garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Proud to be. What What is the science of compost? Oh, I can tell you a lot about that. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically everyone thinks that your food scraps are garbage or trash, um, but they're actually really valuable parts of our ecosystem. Um, and just like we eat food throughout the day for our nutrients and our energy supply, um, Plants need to eat the nutrients that are stored within food as well, and the soil needs to incorporate, reincorporate those nutrients back into the soil to feed the plants. Um, and if that doesn't happen, you have soil depletion, which has been like a huge, which is a huge problem um, in agriculture all over the world um, currently, because we've moved to this big industrial form of agriculture, which uses like pesticides and artificial fertilizers, um, and they don't replenish the soil. So what ends up happening is you add in all of these like intense concentrations of artificial fertilizers, and then the soil is not able to um, replenish itself once those nutrients are quickly depleted. So through organic agriculture and the application of compost, which is decomposed food scraps into like a, its most rich and fertile form, um, the soil naturally regains those nutrients and the texture is improved, water retention, um, water content is improved, um, and microorganisms are encouraged to live in the soil, which help a lot of different things. Um, but so anyway, <laughs> uh, the process of composting is basically like a expedited decomposition process. So as food, like an apple core normally decomposes if you leave it out on the counter and you watch for a while, um, it'll, if you leave it for weeks and weeks and weeks, it'll eventually break down into like really brown kind of, you know, like decomposed mush. mush. Yeah. 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 Um, but when you put a high volume of food scraps and other peels and, and, um, greens and food excess together, um, and you play with the moisture levels and the pH levels and the nitrogen and carbon content, you will create um, like an extremely beautiful black gold substance. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your compost. <laughs> so how, like, so, you know, I have a frozen bag of scraps. Right. Um, and I put it in this brown bin on, uh, on uh, what is it, Rugby? Yes. On Rugby Road. Um, wh like, who takes it to, like, expedite? Like, how does, like, who does that? Right. Um, so that market specifically is serviced by the Department of Sanitation. Okay. Um, the NYC Department of Sanitation. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so they, uh, so Grow NYC, the nonprofit that I work for, has an Office of Recycling Outreach and Education, um, which is partly funded by the Department of Sanitation to do um, public education around source separation, because one of the big problems that, New York has in waste management is people not knowing how to separate their waste properly or like what is supposed to go where um, and what's recently come on the scene in New York is that food waste and organic waste is something that needs to be source separated and that is valuable and can save a lot of landfill space and costs um, and that the soils around New York really need so they've sort of funded Grow NYC to start this like food scrap drop off program so people can learn about how to source separate the organics and where it goes so um on saturday and sunday they service some of our markets um our food scrap drop-offs and they come and pick up all the food scraps that are dropped off by new yorkers 
and bring it to um, a transfer station, which is then brought to a couple of different processing facilities, two of them being really big organic farms upstate and one being a composting site on fresh uh, near Fresh Kills okay. in Staten Island. Nice. So so there is there's like a, a essentially like a factory or warehouse that like does all what you were saying, like playing with the pH, adjusting temperature. Do they use, you know, I, I, I heard this, uh, this like some sort of a, like, is it a fungal tea? No, there's some sort compost of tea? Tea, compost tea. <laughs> That's the way like they're like, what do you spritz like <laughs> organisms and stuff like what? So that's actually going to be the juices that come like during the decomposition process. Like the reason that you like freeze your food scraps is so that like decomposition doesn't start and all that like liquid doesn't, you know, drain out onto your apartment. Um, But that's actually super nutrient rich, like beautiful compost tea. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, So the compost tea is the like. I see. It's the decomposition liquid. Yeah, totally. Which is beautiful. Right. It's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I guess it doesn't happen in like a a factory or warehouse. It happens like actually on a farm. So it's like part of normal like farming operations where they just like pile up the excess um, like living matter and food scraps and then like in really high volumes and layer between like nitrogen based content and carbon based content and like just by manpower turn the pile and really yeah oh what so like so human beings are taking these scraps and like piling them in mm-hmm. fresh kills or in an organic farm and yeah. then uh turning it turning to it. allow oxygen to get in there yeah. um and then yeah it's happening basically on its own okay that's awesome. So it's there's no like it's not like a big machine. No, not it's at like all. not like a big coffee grinder. No. But like people, it's it's all people powered. Totally. Wow. So I work like a market in Battery Park on um, in Bowling Green actually on Tuesdays, uh-huh. and this is all like finance Wall Street people dropping yeah. off their compost on the way to work, which is a great experience for me. <laughs> um, but <laughs> all of that goes locally over to the Battery Park Urban Farm, and I actually process it with four people, and we get about like four hundred, and uh, like. 375 pounds of food scrap per week that we, the five of us, um, compost. And then all of that is used to grow vegetables like right there locally in the farm. So it can be a really small scale operation as well. What do you wear when you're like about to turn some compost? Like what is the, <laughs> what is the ideal outfit? You're definitely going to need boots because um, you don't like compost tea is great for the soil, but not great on your feet or your legs. And that tends to be like kind of splashy when you're putting. <laughs> is it going to dissolve your feet and legs? <laughs> no, okay, no, no. Okay. You might have like a tree grow there. Or something, okay. okay. Wow. <laughs> not going to dissolve you. That's good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And then pants are ideal, but when it's really hot, that's just not an option. So usually like old shorts, definitely an old t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Gloves, if you're like lame, but I just really wow. go in there with the okay. hands. <laughs> okay, so not so no waiters, no, no. like rubber overalls. Uh-uh. Okay, so uh, just, I mean some people are into that, but I'm pretty. But it sounds like it's lame, like to, <laughs> yeah. to like you know it, you don't you don't need that. It's, no. You don't need that safety net. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is really great to know. So yeah. I I like I, I had imagined. I mean, as I said like i don't know that they would it would be like a dump or like it would be like some 
like cold factory or like where you know they just like grind it up or like put it in some sort of like brewer's vat or something (laughs) and like you know and that was done with it but it is uh it is a very like uh bespoke artisanal process yes yeah totally well there are like different kind of like um technologies that are being looked into and researched around like uh, harvesting fuel from the composting process. So, like, you can put it in a biodigester and, um, like, when, when trash normally decomposes in a landfill, it, re- like, releases methane. Right. Um, but there's a way of putting food scraps into a biodigester that allows, like, a, a gas to be um, release that you can capture and turn into some sort of biofuel and i'm not well versed on this but that's like one other option of decomposition where did you fall in love with compost (laughs) um in berkeley california actually um yeah i went to uc berkeley for my undergrad and i studied resource management um and there's like a really active food culture movement um there especially like in the urban gardening scene um, and I started to work in a lot of urban gardens there. Um, and they're really big into like using local food scraps for their compost and for their fertilizer. So, um, and also the city of Berkeley has like a public composting system. And I had never like interacted with that before being from the East Coast. And then it just became really habitual for me to, you know, like separate out my food waste all the time and know exactly what it's being used for. and. And then I came back to New York and I was like, this is absurd that we don't do this. Like, and I would just cringe as I saw people throw banana peels in the garbage and it became like (laughs) a thing for me. (laughs) I see. Oh man. Okay. Uh, So you had, and you like, you couldn't stand by and watch it happen. So you had to, you had to be part of the solution. Yeah. Oh man. Well, so like originally my roommate, um, at Berkeley was also really into, we lived in like 150 person, like hippie commune and there was definitely like a lot of uh composting going on and she was really into waste management and did a research paper on like berkeley's compost system and uh so we both moved back to new york after college because we're both from new york and had the idea of starting like a commercial composting startup because like a lot of the uh, restaurants have like a lot of food refuse that is wasted um, and we started working on that for a while, and that's how I found out about Grow NYC's work and got involved with them. Um, but it turns out the commercial waste system in New York is like extremely complex, and it's privately owned by really big firms, and we had a trouble. But are they like like the mob? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big firms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I heard you say 150 person commune, and yeah. that, that piqued my interest. Um, so there's a lot of, I imagine there was a lot of composting going on. Yes. 150 people. There's a, there's a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> um, I went to a theater camp with 160 young people. It was a lot. Like it's, it's a lot. It's too much. Especially theater, a lot of intense Yeah, a lot of intense and like young theater babies. <laughs> oh so it's just like insane. So, but the 100, so like who, who are these 150 people? Yeah, they, well, so it's the biggest like, co-op or community living situation in North America um, actually 
got closed down the last year that I was there oh. for reasons like I'll explain later. But okay. it's basically um, entirely students from UC Berkeley. So Berkeley has like a student cooperative board and they have 12 different co-op houses um, that are off campus and not like totally affiliated with the university, but it's only student based. Um, and Cloyne Court, which is the one that I lived in, was the biggest one. Um, so it's all students, but it's like extremely intense, like liberal minded, mostly um, really diversified, like strong personality people who are into like anarchist theory. And like it was all our decision was all like laterally based and horizontal. And it was like anti hierarchy, anti like vertical structure um, and just like a lot of really strong voices and passionate people. And it was it's like the most in- tense two years of my life living around that energy <laughs> i cannot so it's it's like 150 radical students for the most part uh, definitely radical about like one thing or another like you had engineers and like computer science yeah. nerds next to like you know social activist like anarchist totally like, every sort of breadth of person but all just really like passionate intense totally people. yeah <laughs> and I, I i don't say radical like uh, diminutively I, yeah but yeah, like yeah. they that yes that as you were saying that they all someone they're they're ready to fight for their beliefs totally. whatever they may be what like what where do you stay like what are like rooms like how many rooms <laughs> for 150 people yeah. well it used to be a, a hotel actually so okay. it's like a based around a courtyard there's like four different wings and okay. like the first floor is all common space and we had like reading room like a huge huge uh, dining room with like long mess tables where we would like all eat together every night at seven o'clock and like there's everyone a, would yeah. eat together at seven o'clock and there's like a cook shift every day that goes for five hours and I was like head chef for one year that I lived there for Monday you were head nights. chef for a year for Monday nights for Monday <laughs> um, five hours every Monday yeah you would tear it up in the kitchen yeah and well you have like five assistant cooks as well and another head chef so it's like every uh night of the week there's like two head chefs and five assistant cooks because everyone has to do five hours of work shift to live there so it can be like split um throughout the week like a couple hours of like cleaning and cooking or you can do like all your five hours at one time as head chef which i liked yeah but you have to cook a vegetarian, a vegan, and a meat option for and feed 150 people um, and be creative because it's like a secret competition among the head chefs of to have course. like the best day of the week. Totally, <laughs> totally. I mean, probably not so secret. Yeah, it's totally open. Yeah. You want the loudest applause at dinner. <laughs> oh, and so they applaud every night there's applause. Yeah, there's like an announcement and everyone's kind of like drinking and stuff while making dinner so it becomes this whole fun like event thing and you present the food in this really like extravagant way and then every night yeah it's seven days a week Mm -hmm. Wow. and like at seven o'clock the food's like all put out on the mess tables and there's absolutely no order to like eating the food it's just complete anarchy well sure so everyone just like attacks as soon as the food hits the table and like you just have to get as much as you can like at that moment Hmm. it was crazy i don't know i i i I don't think I could have handled yeah. that. I would have been like really upset. I probably would have laterally called for like, <laughs> "Hey guys, can we, um, you know, just take turns <laughs> horizontally, like, please?" <laughs> I, I, you know, I, was there any like chill? Like yeah. there was no, there was no. I mean, you, there were no order. There was. 
I would have starved. Yeah. Well, you just become like super animalistic. I guess like the idea was like the smaller co-ops of like 12 to 15 people were like where you go to have like the chill experience and like all line up for dinner and then like sit around like one table. I see. But like if you're living in Cloyne, like it's pretty much assumed that Cloyne. you want. Yeah, Cloyne. Cloyne. C-L-O-Y-N-E. Okay, Cloyne. Okay. Yeah. So it's I guess it's like assumed that you want like the total like non-order crazy sort of experience because you're like willingly putting yourself into that. And 150 people do want, I mean, does someone go hungry? Like. Yeah, if you get there at 7.02, like you're going hungry. There's not going to be enough food for you. Okay, so. I was going to ask, like, what happens, like, if you miss dinner? Like, people don't miss dinner. No. Well, you can get a late plate, but, like, usually as, like, yeah, I would give the late plate people, like, one French fry. (laughs) It's, like, you just are making so much food for so many people that you can't, like, you want to just make sure you have enough for the people there. Right. Um, And generally, if you miss dinner, you're expected to, like, eat somewhere else because it's, like, a whole experience in itself. (laughs) So people are, are like they've they've sat at like what six forty five or mm. earlier. Or well, like, they stand and bang the, the forks on the plates. On the plates. What yeah. are we like? Are these metal plates? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anarchists with like A's. The A anarchist well, like like carved into it. <laughs> Practically, sometimes we would run out of plates and have to use the lids to like. Um, like Tupperware containers and like if you didn't get there on time to get a fork you'd be like eating with like a knife and a Tupperware container or like sometimes if it gets really bad like a yogurt top container <laughs> okay like a little yogurt top or uh, like, yeah, a... like a small one if you're really unlucky oh man little... but the food itself was like so amazing because because there's so many people we could order like amazing food from local organic farms right. and there's like a big food culture so it's like, you know, we'd be eating this like really anarchist, like animalistic way where we're eating like amazing food that people take like a lot of pride in. You guys. <laughs> and no one, no one had a problem with this. Um, if you did, you would move out of Cloyne. Like it was totally like your option. Cloyne is very much like based on the mentality that like, you know what you get when you're moving in. Like this is what it is. Like you can either, it's like very like culty. Like you can adapt it or you can leave. <laughs> oh boy. And are any other meals served? Um, no. Okay, just dinner. Yeah, but any other time of the day, the kitchen's, like, totally open, so you would go in, and there's, like, music blasting, and people are, like, making these huge, like, extravagant sort of, like, food things, and everyone, like, has their own taste and style, and, like, you know in the kitchen who's, like, the experienced cookers, and they're, like, cooking for other people, Uh and... So it's sort of a free-for-all, except for the crazy ritual of dinner. Yes, exactly. Um... uh, that, so uh, the finances of it. So everyone would pay like a monthly fee, c- yeah. cloin fee. <laughs> so rent is like really similar in Berkeley as it is in New York. It's like super expensive. Yeah. Um, and to live in the co-ops, like a big benefit is that it's cheaper and it allows like a lot of like diverse people to live together because it's like such a low rent. It was like seven forty a month, including all the food that we ordered, right. which was like really amazing, like artisanal food. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like everyone pays that, and then you pay $40 a month for social fees if you opt to do that, and that covers, like, the crazy social side of the house. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then that was basically your expenses. So so what does my social fee entitle <laughs> me to? What do I get when I – how much is my social fee? $40. $40, and so what do I get? A semester. What do I get? A semester? Yeah. Okay. Um. I don't... Okay, so I'm going to, like, just lay this out here. It was, like, a intense, like, 
party atmosphere like, like we were all in college and like you had a bunch of crazy there's no judgment okay <laughs> in the reading chair there's no judgment okay no judgment uh, so yeah you had a social manager there was like a team of managers every semester and the social manager was in charge of like putting together events and the co-ops are really like seeped in tradition especially socially so like every semester there's like a series of parties that always happen um, one of them being like special dinner special brunch like wine and cheese, um, anything for a dollar, which was like the most intense experience of my life. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> anything for a dollar. Go ahead. Okay, you really want me to tell you? <laughs> this is why we're here, Lisa Giordano. Okay. This is why we're here. It might be like slightly inappropriate. <laughs> this, we, we have uh, on iTunes, it's an explicit, uh, there's no, I mean, listen, it, you, it's, it, you know, this is this will be heard by dozens of people, oh God, okay. so dozens and dozens. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I it's not it's up to you. You can say it how you want, but like I'm I'm dying, okay. dying to hear. <laughs> so um, the house would pay for two kegs, um, and it was split up into two wings. So like, well, three wings. So there's east wing, central wing, and west wing. Um, and east and half of central would be like pit up against the other half of Central and West Wing. Um, and the, the idea is like that you want to, each wing has their own keg. So it's a competition as to who's going to finish the keg in the shortest amount of time. And it's like a really intense experience of everyone like chugging beer and just getting like extremely drunk. Right, because you have, what, you have tw- 75 people or, yeah. or, or 20, is this, that's half and half, right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so 75 people on a keg sounds fine, right? Yeah, but we would finish it in like 13 minutes. Like it okay. was so, it's such intense competition. Because you ha- you've been practicing with dinner. Yeah, Well, how exactly. do you get it? How do you like, how, like, like how? So, um, probably not cups. No, yogurt containers is what it's all about. Like okay. the bigger ones. And okay. you fill them up to the brim. Fahe? And then. <laughs> Are we talking? Or like, yeah, fahe. Okay. Like the big fahe? ones. Fahe, right. Excuse me. Fahe. Big, oh, big fahe. Yeah, big fahe. Great. Okay. And then um, in the meantime, someone's like also filling like a huge like mess hall Tupperware container with beer and like distributing that into the yogurt containers. And you're just like chugging as fast as you can. Okay. And then. Um, yeah, so whoever wins the keg contest, uh, they get, like, each person gets, like, a handful of fake Monopoly money. Okay. And then everyone's, like, pretty wasted at this point. Mm-hmm. And so then that, like, side of the house gets to dare the other side of the house to do whatever they want for money. Can I ask what kind of beer you were drinking? Shitty beer. Well, no, sometimes if we had, like, extra social fees, we would get, like, IPA, which okay. was, like, Lagunita, a keg of Lagunitas. Oh, lovely. And would be, like, totally gone yeah but like usually not like natty ice no i but like hate even saying like that miller like hey i'm from wisconsin there you go sure. <laughs> you know that's uh that's my family not to speak down that's my family <laughs> miller light that's not true oh, i was like wow oops <laughs> no god you you think what would i i don't think i don't know do you think i wonder if the miller family are into cozy zones <laughs> we'll have to find out but yeah that'll be next project. um they have a baseball stadium maybe it's there that is true um I, that's fine. Uh, okay, Miller, yeah, Miller Lite, good. That's a fine shitty yeah. beer. I support that. Standard. Standard. Okay, so you have you have your, your fistfuls of money that you get to dare the, the winners get to dare the other, the losers to do something. Yeah. Um, and, like, the whole ideology of a coin is that it's supposed to be, like, a completely open environment where you can, like, experiment with, like, any 
part of yourself without any judgment from anyone so it's like right. this was like the out the party outlet for like doing whatever like you could possibly think of and like be creative with sure. and um we had definitely had some really creative minds in this space and it was also like a really open like sexual environment where people were like really into experimenting with like sexuality and stuff um so you would have some like crazy dares like i <laughs> Probably the one of the craziest things I saw was an anal ring toss. <laughs> I like I like this very much. I like the anal ring toss. I cannot believe I'm talking about this. Anal ring toss. Um. So hashtag hashtag, <laughs> hashtag anal ring toss is trending uh, right now. We I haven't even tweeted it. It's trending. Oh let's God. let's t tell me about this. Take t paint paint us a picture oh of the anal God. ring toss, please. Okay. <laughs> so um you had like two separate people kind of like bent over and mm -hmm. they had, you know, like just like a normal ring toss game. Yeah. I'm imagining it. Okay. As soon as you, I mean, I think we're all imagining what it is, Okay. but I, and I'm, I'm curious to see if what I'm imagining is correct. <gasps> okay. So yeah, they're like bent over and they have, you know, like the, the poles that you're normally like throwing the rings around, like in the like exterior anal region. Um, and there's like two players that are competing to throw the rings onto the bars. Um, yeah. And that was the dare of like, who could win this exterior anal region? <laughs> just like, so, so, okay. So the question I, you can, I'll just ask you simple yes or no questions just to help. So did, was there like, a something inserted <laughs> into the anus that you would then throw a ring? Like I, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Like, so you would like shove a pole, like how, uh, like a, uh, what? Uh, Small. Well, yeah, right. Uh, like a dowel. Yes. Like a maybe, what, uh, inch? No. Yeah, inch. Yeah, Inch yeah. dowel. Mm -hmm. No problem. Wood? Um, yeah, I think it, w it was wood or plastic. Let's hope it was plastic. I think it was plastic. <laughs> Let's hope. I'm, ho I'm picturing plastic. I'm hoping <laughs> yeah, it's I'm plastic. Sure it's You'd plastic. have to get a nice varnish. Like a, I wouldn't like do a raw wood <laughs> dowel in my butthole. But okay. So the, and so I'm gonna try and I'm gonna see if I can demonstrate correctly. Yes, that so looks right. is it and and so is it like is it is it parallel to the earth? Um well you're kind of like angled more down, down so right. yeah. so I would have to stick my butt like downward dog. Totally. Downward dog. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay, so these night okay and then people would toss rings upon the, that's mm -hmm. I think that's lovely. <laughs> Anal ring toss. Yeah. Very good. So Free definitely, podcast. yeah, I'm glad that you can appreciate the creativity. I can, I can, I, can. I love that. I would, I would, I, today I would, I, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, that's exciting. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to a wedding this weekend where I think some <laughs> anal ring toss might be just the you thing. totally suggest I it. I will suggest it. Huh. I'm glad to be able to introduce I'll that. have to find the correct, I'll have to do some research, materials research, because <laughs> not wood. No wood. No I'm Home Depot. No wood. Where is like a where's like a nice I'll think. I'm thinking like a baton, some sort of like baton. Like a dun dun dun, yeah, dun, yeah. dun or like a <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Mm. Okay, anal ring toss. But that I don't think is the story. I don't I don't think that's the craziest I don't know if I can say the craziest thing. Well <laughs> you know, I, I'd love you to. I, I, I feel like, you know, if you need like I can uh, I mean, I'll totally say it, but like you want this on your podcast, like it's really weird. I mean, this is the cozy zone. <laughs> okay. Would would 
does this. I mean, this is this is what happens in the cozy zone. I think. I mean, that's like. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I witnessed. Um, yeah, as I was saying, like people are really into exploring their sexuality and like yep. pushing the limits mm-hmm. and like it's very like cloying to like push the like the farthest limits you could ever possibly imagine. <clears throat> so <laughs> I saw a girl hard boil an egg okay. um, the, with the, the outer shell on um, and stand on top of our piano with um, uh, someone underneath her. And <laughs> insert the egg, um, and then oh no no shell off shell off she took the shell off. Insert the hard boiled egg, and then like output it into the mouth of the person below, and then he then consumed the egg. That's that's fun. That's nice. <laughs> I, here's what I was imagining. Like you know, listen, I you know I I don't know. This is all. This all sounds like good clean. <laughs> fun i was i was like okay oh shit like she's gonna shell the egg with her vagina and then like spit the shell somewhere and then and then like the piano then she would like like each shell like i I was like oh shit not to i don't mean to diminish that but that's yeah that's that's great that also sounds wonderful that sounds like a wonderful is wonderful that, that's is the word. It is wonderful. Well, it was inspired by like the ping pong shows at the girls in yeah. Bangkok. Sure. In oh, oh, sure. I like. There's one in uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I oh, think. really? Well, they do a, not like they. It's a simulated okay, ping pong. Okay. Totally. Thing, but like, right? You put you insert a ping pong ball into your vagina, right? And that's shot in. It's impressive. It is impressive. I, I. It's obviously. I can't imagine how I mean, that... neither can I, and I'm, like, able-bodied. Right, right, <laughs> totally. Um, that's great. Well, I'm sure everyone was very pleased with themselves, and I'm sure the crowd <laughs> loved it. Yeah, she definitely won the... Uh... Oh, yeah, so then the whole aim of the, the thing is that whoever gets the most money, like, wins a prize in the end, which, like, are just, like, random prizes that the house decides would be, like, a good, good thing. Um, and that girl totally won that party um she won the big prize that was like the big event of the night so everyone anything was... for a dollar yeah, anything wait, wait so oh so the idea is that they people dare you a dollar or the, mm-hmm. the or dollar like however much money right like right more right. intense Mal- the dare right. the more money and what does the prize look like um like a bottle of tequila like a, a dildo um <laughs> a dildo filled with tequila oh that would have been a good one yeah um, yeah. Next time, that, you know, you're you're all children. You're all you know. You're creative, but children. You know, children. It was very much like Lord of the Flies. That's how I describe it to people, and it had a lot of the same issues as Lord of the Flies. Yeah, the people they killed Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> they killed the, the poor, the poor uh, overweight kid. It was just he never. He was always late to dinner. Yeah, Why was he totally. so overweight? I mean, that was also, yeah, that was, like, totally a problem in the house is that, like, if you had, like, a less dominant personality or you were, like, more of a shy person, you would totally get, like, swept under and, like... That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, like, I, I, that's haunting me. Like, hard-boiled egg, awesome. <laughs> Anal ring toss, way awesome. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, the, like, it's just, you, you animals. Like, exactly. just, let's, can we, like, pass the fucking whatever potatoes. <laughs> potatoes or like satan so much satan. so much satan satan, <laughs> satan. regional my regional accent perhaps satan 
Satan. What what is the where do you know the country of origin of that word Satan? I don't. I don't know. It sounds like something Asian to me. Yeah. Satan. Well, yeah. Um speaking of Satan, do you wanna should we cook something? Yes, let's do this. Great. Uh it's going really, really good so far. Okay, good, I'm glad. Yeah. (laughs) Anal ring toss. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay with us. Please, please stay with us. Anal ring toss. We're back, friends. Uh, thanks for staying with us. Um, Lisa, thank you for that delicious dinner. Yeah, you're so welcome. Um, I, I brought a lot of my CSA vegetables yes, over some thank scapes. thank you for the vegetables. You're very welcome. Thank you for preparing them in a lovely uh, Asian-style stir-fry. Yes, but of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very delicious. We had a, a great off-the-record conversation that I really liked. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you. So you you've uh, you watched the videos of Cozy Zone, yes, uh, before before this time. The videos. There's a, there are air quotes <laughs> happening, friends. Maybe maybe you will synesthesize them if I say. But which which episodes did you listen to? I listened to like little snippets from each, just to like get like an idea of oh, how nice. they were formulated. Uh huh. What did anything stand out? Um, like a moment or a person. Not in particular. I was, like, looking through kind of to see, like, the format of how it was done. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, like, reading through, like, the blurbs of everything. And oh, kind yeah. of just, like, listen to you being a host. Okay. Okay. Um, Great. But I want to listen to them each, like, fully and get a feel for the people individually. They're long. Yeah, they're, they were long. I was, like, They're okay. super long. I'm, like, try and get, like, a general consensus yeah. of, like, what this is. There's, you know, I, I have, I've mixed, the, you know, I'm going to drag you into the creative process here. Yes, you know? So I've mixed, mixed reviews. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, like, do it, do it long, do whatever you want, man. This is your art. And then, like, some buddies of mine are like, they're very long. Like, can you, can you make a digestible thing? Like, <laughs> you want to increase your listenership, you need something digestible. So... Well, do you know. edit them down at all, or you just put everything out there? The only time I edit them is if someone's like, oh, my God, you have to take that out. <laughs> um, I, and I, it's very, like, it's just, like, little snippets here and there. Anal um, ring toss, maybe. Anal ring toss is, like, going to be tattooed on the internet. <laughs> no, the anal ring toss is untouchable. That's, like, a, that is a precious gift. <laughs> um in all of the ways. No, no. Uh, no. It, well, I think it's good to have all the content there because, yeah. like, how can you decide, like, what is more important than, like, something else that someone right. said? And, yeah, and this is a cozy zone, right? right? So the ideal, I mean, is that everything everything goes in the cozy totally. zone. You know, yeah, that's, I didn't say that before. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. New catchphrase. New catchphrase. Um, yeah. Um... So, okay. So, Cloyne. Cloyne. Cloyne, the great empire. The great 150-member <laughs> co-op. Uh, oh, yeah, you don't need to say the name of the big eater. Uh, we can keep everything anonymous. But um, there was a, a, a man who was a big eater. Big eater, best cook, best chef. Everyone knew him as, like, the ultimate cooker. Would cook, like, the most elaborate big things at all times in the kitchen had the body type to reflect this. Nice. Was just very much like a renowned. Jew. No. No. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Aaron Kaufman. Oh, yeah, you he said was. his name. 
shit. <laughs> we can take that out. Okay. <laughs> we'll take it out. That's we'll, gonna be the edited portion. That'll be that's fine. That's good. Well I and I there there'll maybe be a silence. I could find a nice beep. Yeah, yeah. We could bleep it out. Is That'll that, be that would be uh something be, like Jewish related, maybe. <laughs> Is that fucked up? <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I was gonna ask you earlier, um, if uh you're you're Italian. Yeah, but I ha- look Jewish. Yeah, I mean Italians and Jews look the same. Yeah, often. it's true. Yeah, they're very similar. Especially from Long Island. Yes, you never know who you're dealing with. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Irish also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm half Sicilian, half Irish. Okay, my goodness. <laughs> okay, um, but but uh, you know the you had no you had no sway over the big corporations, the the waste management corporations that you were speaking of earlier. Unfortunately, not like yeah. the one space where my Italian heritage could have done me some good. Yeah, didn't really help me out. Bummer, there. bummer, <laughs> bummer. What are you? What are you? I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. Yeah. That's what I thought. Jewish, Jewish. Through and through. Through and through. We don't really know where our people come from. We think Romania, right? Russia, Ukraine, right? Somewhere in the east. Austria, yeah. Who knows? Not us. We, we've been in we've been in Wisconsin for a while. The right. Webers. This is what I've heard. Yeah, um, for generations. My really. Yeah, I think my great grandfather had a like a snowmobile suit company and like a brake shoe company. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's such a specific thing. Very specific snowmobile suit. Wow. Very specific. I, I don't even I, know that was a thing. I think that's true. I hope that's true. We'll see. A snowmobile suit. My my aunt, my aunt Lisa, who's a huge fan. My aunt, I have a lot of lovely Lisas in my life. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, my aunt Lisa, my best friend from college, Lisa. How great. Um, she's uh, she's an archivist and uh, a retired archivist from mm-hmm. the government, that's and so she cool. she's a big fan of Cozy Zone. I think one of my biggest fans, which is a, an honor. Hell yeah. Um. But anyway, she might know. Do you know? So Sicily, where, uh, where in Ireland? I don't know where in Ireland because, like, my mom's side has been here also, like you were saying, for generations yeah. and generations. Yeah. And my dad is, like, fresh off the boat, like, oh. first generation. Okay. Um, and they're from, like, Castellamare, which is, like, a small town in Sicily. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side is just, like, generally Irish. <laughs> <laughs> general, general Irish. Um yeah you have how many sisters two two sisters mm-hmm. are you the youngest yeah by far they're like 11 and 12 years older than wow. me. wow so i'm like but incidentally like my middle sister was an accident i was on purpose just hmm. like casually 11 years later you know so middle children so i've heard i'm an only child oh you are yeah so i've heard that middle children have like a have a cross to bear yeah Kristen definitely had that. <laughs> and so not only was she a middle child, but she was a mistake. Yeah, but a loving, a loving a, like, happy that Oh, sure. <laughs> of course. Of course. And I'm sure, like, it didn't feel like a mistake at the time. No. Definitely. Yeah, definitely not. Right. We're hoping. Right. Um, but, yeah, she definitely always complains about having middle child syndrome because she was always, like, the whiniest and, like, complaining one and, like, needed all the attention mm-hmm. and, like, would just always feel like attention deficit. Um, disorder. Yeah. <laughs> totally I have attention sense. deficit disorder. <laughs> That's so funny. I've never thought about yeah. it that way. Yeah. Could totally be a. Yeah, she could take Ritalin. Yeah, she could. No problem. And then she'd like, be happy and never complain again. Absolutely. <laughs> um, wh- so one of your sisters just had a baby. That's her. That's yeah. her. Which has been like, 
yeah, great for her, I'm sure. It's like all the attention, like our entire extended family is like, including me, I'm like obsessed with the baby in a way I thought I never could be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's just really sweet. But I think she's going through like a really intense time with that of like life changing. Um, and we used to be like super, super close. Me and Kristen used to be best friends. Um, in the past like year or so, like we've both just been going through a lot of like different changes, but like totally opposite life stages and like not really been seeing eye to eye as much. Okay. Yeah. But you've, you've been spending more time together because you were around with, for the birth of her kid. Yeah, totally. But sort of in that there was, there is a, a growing, growing apart. Yeah. I think it's also hard for her to see me in this stage of life because she like is having a lot of like thoughts around not being able to have freedom anymore and like just like being kind of wed to this new like family lifestyle yeah. and like she really is someone who loves like going out and like is totally. like super social and totally. stuff and it's like hard for her to see me I think in my 20s and like hard for me to relate to where she's at so yeah. it's like yeah now so I I have to believe that y- you don't throw it all away when you have a kid like I would I would like a kid and I I am I want so badly to believe that like you still have a life even though you have a kid unfortunately like most of the examples that I see do not support this hope yeah or belief Um, well because I feel like that's the dream and everyone wants to go at it with that perspective of like this is not going to be my new life like I'm going to still retain my individuality but it's like when you have to put so much, like, just thought and, like, effort and care into, like, this thing is, like, completely helpless without you. Right. And it's, like, that, like, weight of responsibility is just bound to even change the way you feel about everything. Right. I think. Hmm. Well, but I, I'm sure, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like all things are cyclical. Yeah, and You'll totally. probably find the correct eye level yeah. with your sister this is true i hope in the future <laughs> you know and how old the, the baby is how old uh three months okay so it's super so, recent so yeah so there's like that's like give it a give it a second totally yeah. <laughs> i know totally um all right so the great demise Ooh. of cloin yes carefully um, told by lisa giardano <laughs> yeah definitely something to share um So in the 90s, the house had, like, a really big reputation for, like, the punk scene. And it was, like, a really big, like, um, space for, yeah, punk music in the Bay Area. And um, there was also, like, drugs attached to that at the time. And, like, there was really heavy drug use in the 90s. Um, Uh, What do we, can we say what, what nature of drugs? Yeah, lots of different ones, but... Uh, there was one person. Ludes. Some of those. Really? <laughs> a very big excess of different types. Okay. All the, so like the horse. Horse tranquilizer. Horse tranquilizer. Still used. Big H. Uh, yeah. Heroin. Well, so this is what okay. happened. Okay. Um, one person was selling drugs in the house and he overdosed on heroin. Mm. And... Um, it happened when he was living there and then his parents sued the Berkeley student cooperative board, which owns all the different co-ops, mm. but the lawsuit took, uh, 15 years to settle. And so oh it settled God. when I was living there in 20, thir- 2014. Okay. 2013. Um, 
and so as like a the cooperative board's attempt to make amends with the lawsuit they were required to like change something drastically and show that they were addressing like the house drug culture but by the time that we were living there there was like very little drug culture at all and the house had gone into this like and like a huge transition into this like really healthy sort of diversified community of like really like intellectual and like progressively minded people who like wanted to do good and like it just wasn't the culture that it had been at all yet we face the consequences of this thing that had happened 15 years ago that mm. didn't apply to our house anymore and so the board's like con conclusive decision was to turn the house into like an academic theme house and purge the house of all of its current members and that was what they were going to do to like show future um to like prevent any loss of future lawsuits but our argument was like, how can you purge all of us and like blame us for, oh, and substance free and like blame us for something that happened when we weren't even there and like our culture is so different and like this is supposed to be owned by students. How can you come in and like make this administrative decision? So there was like huge, huge, huge like backlash and we formed like this whole movement and like can look it up online it's like hashtag save coin <laughs> trending now trending, trending now. now also trending anal ring toss yes that should have been right next to it yeah also save trending. the anal ring toss <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so people gave their like testimonies of like what coin means to them and like people were really 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 passionate about like what the house like allowed them to express and like their relationship to it and like the uniqueness of it as a space. And it was just kind of sad that we lost that whole um, battle. <laughs> yeah. What, what theme did, did Cloyne get? Academic. Just that was the theme? And substance free. So now, and like, so our whole argument what is What other like, themes are there? I, there's Afro House, which is like supposed to be like um, African-American, black culture, yep. positive. Okay. Uh, there's like, Lothlorien, which was vegan themed. Lothlorien? Yeah, Lothlorien house. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> S-M-H. S-M-H over here. Oh, boy. Lothlorien? <laughs> Come on, vegans. I know. Come on. Come on. Uh, and that was arguably, like, the craziest house. They would have, like, naked pizza Fridays. Um, vegan pizza? Yeah, always. Lothlorien. <laughs> naked anyway Freaking loth. Loth. and then there was like the queer positive house which is oscar wilde um great yeah but so just like we're gonna be studious and no fun no fun <laughs> the no fun house no lewds yeah <laughs> no heroin no horse tranquilizers <laughs> now what do you do <laughs> i guess study I, I but like really <laughs> I don't know. All the answers are in the back of the book. Yeah, it's true. Apparently, it's working out. I mean, they like were successful in transitioning into it, and people who move there now are into it. So, 150 no, they studious. No, 75. Oh, because they couldn't find 150 people that wanted to live there. Right, because boring. No fun house. Boring. No fun house. <laughs> oh, Cloyne. R.I.P. R.I.P. For sure. Darn. Why? Who was there? A Mr. Cloyne? Um, um, like president or no, like, like, ah, like, oh, uh, no, I have no uh, idea where the Thomas name came J. From. Cloyne came <laughs> to this country with a vision. I will fucking eat anything that I see <laughs> on the street immediately. As soon as I see it <laughs> and sh shoot an egg into my mouth from your, from your vagina. Oh my God. 
maybe. You know, I actually have no idea. He could be walking well, amongst us. Well, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, Berkeley he's probably is, dead by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably an ancient Berkeley benefactor. Yeah, there are many of those. Um, all right, so... So where did you move after, like, after Cloyne? Like, where did you f- land? Yeah, well, it was actually really convenient because it shut down the last semester I was living there because I had graduated that semester. Okay. Um, th- no, I graduated the semester before, but I had been living there after because you get, like, one great semester after you graduate. Okay. And I just started working in, like, a consulting firm in Oakland, which was, like, fucking hilarious because I would, like, get dressed in my, like, professional outfit in Pants the morning. Suit? Not quite, but, like, more professional than I was used to wearing, definitely. And I would go down, there'd be Regular people. suit? Just a regular, like a tie? Uh, <laughs> not quite a tie, like a blouse. A blouse I never with a, a dickie? <laughs> a dickie? I don't know. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would be in like a professional like skirt and blouse combo. Okay, okay. And then I would a go sash. downstairs. Some sort of sash. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like picturing wearing a sash. I could have done it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and what were you what were you telling people how did what were you telling people to do like what were you consulting um i was doing environmental consulting oh nice okay so good yeah so it was like yeah my first job out of college and i was doing like toxicity assessments for like parcels of land great and then i would like go down the kitchen to like prepare my meal before i went to work and there'd be like someone naked like making weed brownies and be like hey like do you want to try these like there's like some cannabis and some cacao. Like I'm like going to work and then I'm I in a blouse. <laughs> I'm in a blouse skirt yeah. combo, friend. Excuse me. Excuse me. But thank you. Yeah, so that was the last semester I lived there and then I quit my job actually at the end of that summer and I went to Asia. So I didn't land anywhere after that in California. I guess I just departed. <laughs> All right, so Asia is a big place. Yeah. Where where did you find yourself in Asia, and and what drew you there? Yeah, um, well, I was dating someone at the time who lived in Coin with me, and we had been dating for like a couple of years, and had planned this trip together, um, and then we ended our relationship. That's like a whole another story, but I still wanted to go, um, so I was just like, I'm gonna go anyway, <laughs> and um, we had planned to go to Southeast Asia, um, and so. I actually had a friend who wanted to come with me, so she started out with me. Um, and we went through like Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia, and then we split up, and I went to Thailand. She went home. Um, yeah, and then I stayed in Thailand. So. All right, so that's a that's intense. Okay, so <laughs> so this was a this was like a, a romantic trip a trip planned in romance or sort of uh, more just like mutual exploration of the world, not like. Let's go on a honeymoon. Right, right. <laughs> now, I, I guess I didn't mean to imply honeymoon, but like you were in a partnership. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, yeah, like, and you like very short, equally said, yes, let us explore the world because you lit, you were cloying residents after all. <laughs> you know, you were radical uh, in your own way. I, I didn't mean to imply that it was like, oh, you know, we'll you put me on an elephant <laughs> and throw dust on me. We'll give each other bindies and I don't know. Can you do that? I don't know. Forgive yeah, me. Yeah, totally. I've, I saw it happen. Oh, yeah? Terrible tourists. Yeah. Oh, good. good. <laughs> um, but, okay, so you, you ended the relationship. And yeah. I, I don't need to, you, we don't need to talk about that here and now. But yeah. So it ended and you went with a friend. Right. Did, and with, 
I don't know. I imagine for myself, like that would be tough. Like there, there are a lot of places and things. There's all sorts of memories and pain and totally. was it steeped in anything or were you able to sort of like breathe it out, let it go and have your own experience? Yeah. Well, we had broken up like six months before we moved out. Okay. And so we lived together for six months after we broke up and it was like, the worst experience of my entire life and like that was seeped in like a lot of horrible stuff so like me leaving was like yes i'm out of this thing and like i want as far away from you as i possibly can be (laughs) i Um, have to ask i have to ask like what what made it so bad like what like how how like tell us a little bit about like what yeah. made it so bad or the worst in your life. Like that's a, well, so I wanted to end the relationship and he didn't and was like extremely like heartbroken and like translated that into like really menacing behavior and mm. like a lot of like hatred and like bad treatment of me and like oh. decided to like explore his like new singleness. With a lot of people that were really close to me in the house and um, definitely like walked in on that happening directly ouch and i that's still just burned so clearly into my brain and just like seeing each other at dinner like also just seeing the person that you just broke up with after you've had like a really intense relationship with them for two years every night at at dinner war dinner (laughs) every night and like trying to be chill and be like yeah like hey hey what's up and, and like, not and at each you other. have the Tupperware, and he has like the <laughs> nice porcelain plate. Totally oh, brutal. Oh. That's a good analogy. <laughs> God, God, and ah, oh. yes. I'm sorry. That must be. That's really tough. It was awful. And then, so I guess like leaving was kind of just like an escape. And like, thank God, I'm out of this situation. And he went to South America. Um, so I think we both just were like, see ya. It's a place, it's a place where exes go in my experience. Really? South America is a place. A similar thing happened to you? Mm, no. I mean, no. Like, yeah, I was in this commune and like, <laughs> yeah, it just was really hard. We, you know, we all just shared this one big bed and <laughs> it's just like, ugh, I had to like, you know, scoot like four people over that's literally the case he lived in this room called the bacon where they push all the beds together and it's just like a bunch of boys all sleeping in a, and sometimes girls like just everyone in the bed together so funny even even jokes are real <laughs> at cloin <laughs> oh boy oh it's a good phrase oh boy yikes that's ridiculous um huh yeah no i mean i i uh it, I, I've said it actually once on this podcast, but it, long story short, my my ex didn't want to be with me anymore. We were living together. Um, uh, she like she took a she took a trip to Italy, sort of where she discovered she didn't want to be with me anymore. She was there oh, for no. months, and like so, I was like holding down the fort, and I was like, "Yeah, I can't wait for you to go back. Oh, here's no. like a here's like an email, and like here's a video, and like oh, like can't wait for you to get back." And then she was like, uh, and then she come came back, and like maybe was back for a month, and she was like, "No, I I'm like moving back to my parents' house, who live right around the corner. She was from oh. uh, Brooklyn." You know, we had we had many nice years together, and it was very sweet. But like, then there, you know, I, I've I've said this on on episode six with Brett Oresco, but um, uh, if you want to hear like a slightly tipsy sort of uh, totally. histrionic version of the story, but um, basically, she met someone in Nicaragua. Mm. She had him move into our place, 
Uh, and you were down with it? I mean, I was. I had moved out. I had moved out into oh. like this this closet in off the Bedford stop with this this crazy, um, you know, not far from here actually, but the, this crazy war photographer who like just you know, it, it was a it was not the best room that I had for like eight hundred dollars. Totally. Like it was like a little closet with a curtain door. So New York, love yeah. It. <laughs> um, and then I came, went back to move my stuff out. Um, and like there was a, a poster that, uh, I think it's like Teamo, the, the guy, you know, he was, he was Spanish oh my God. and like he, I had like asked her like, Oh, could he not be there? Like I moved my stuff out. That'd be like, great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And then he was there and I was just like, Oh, fuck this. This is awful. I'm and so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. But anyway, did you have any knowledge of when she was in Italy that like things were changing? I mean, you know, no, but yeah. that's not. Her fault. Totally. That's like, because I was, you know, I wanted to believe so bad. Totally. We block it out. Yeah. It's just like, this is, this is the world. And, you know, there's the, I said it before, but like, you know, there's this, this sort of mode of, of loving people that I had done where it was just like everything goes into it. Like we were sort of talking about over dinner, like, you know, all of your, all of your being goes into loving someone like you, you're completely empty. You like you empty yourself into them and they're like, well, so I've emptied myself. Now so, what? so like I'm probably, you're going to give it back to me a hundred times totally. and then they don't because who doesn't know it? Because that's impossible. Right. And then you're just like inherently injured. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause you're drained and yeah. then it's like, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's not, not her fault. Yeah, you know, it's totally. just sort of my, it was how I, that was my way of being. Yeah, no, I can be the same as well. And it's like, you have to, I feel like as you get older, you just like learn how to not do that. But it's like impossible when it's like so intense in the beginning and you're like, I'm not even thinking about this. And all of a sudden there's nothing left. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so now, you know, it, it, there's a much more careful way of loving and, and engaging with other people. It's like, okay, like I'm going to, I am precious first totally. and foremost and, and everything inside me is important. Right. Uh, so therapy tells me <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so, and, you know, just proceed with caution and, and openness and, and compassion. And so true. Yeah. It sounds like you have that going now, which is like really nice. Yeah. 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 Definitely do. It's very nice. Um, let's see. Okay. So you were, you were in this, you were in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Southeast Asia yeah, and yeah. Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And uh, so wow. we started out in the south of Vietnam and then went north and then came down Laos and then like down and across Cambodia and then I went up Thailand. Okay. So ended with Thailand. Yeah, ended with Thailand. Where was the longest? Where where did you For some reason I'm like really interested in like durations. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, it's but important. like but like how like where was your longest stay in which place? Um, definitely in Pai, which is like a northernmost town in like the mountains of Thailand. Okay. Um, and it's like this like small little artist community of like expatriates and also just like mostly Thai artists that all have moved up there. Um, and it's like extremely centered around the arts, like music and, and visual arts um, specifically. And there's just this like amazing energy that I've never experienced anywhere else. Like, it's basically like every artist's dream because everyone there is like creative and working on their projects and everyone's like really supportive of each other and like 
because there's some tourism that comes to the area it like sustains itself economically in, in the way that like people have a really easy time like selling their artwork and like performing their music and then like they in turn put their money back into other people's work um and so as soon as I got like if you're a creative person just like everyone who's been there will tell you that you just like feel at home like as soon as you get there and um you're welcomed in um and then everyone is a creative person but like if if you're identifying in that way um and so I immediately just like connected with a lot of people there and like got work like painting murals and like was able to like live there for free and like made a lot of like really great connections with people and and like love the Thai culture especially there and just ended up staying like really long <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was great and that so that triggers for me the sort of the final moment of every cozy zone mm. in which I reveal to you that I am in fact a, an agent of a, of a foundation it's called the cozy zone foundation really really and they they give artists unlimited funds uh, to create a collaborative project together. Really? Uh, no. <laughs> it's like what? Not not really. It's <laughs> okay, a, it's cool. imaginary. It's cool. a Facebook page. You can see it has uh, forty seven likes. Well, that's soon to be forty eight. Hey oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. And if you're listening, if you haven't liked the Cozy Zone Foundation, like it. Hell yeah. It's a real found. It's real. It's a totally. real foundation. It has a Facebook page. That makes it so real. Um, but but it is yes, no, it is real. I don't know why I said it wasn't. It is real. Right. And uh, they they give artists unlimited funds to create collaborative works together. Amazing. Um, and so I, it's you and me. Right. And so if we had if we had all of the resources to create this this unlimited or to create a collaborative artwork, what would we make? I I'm very moved by. Your life in pie. <laughs> life, in, life of pie. Life, life of in pie, pie. Life in pie. Um, yeah, that's so nice. It, it sounds like <laughs> such a validating place to land. And like, it's like, oh, I'm an artist. And so let, that's what this community is going to yeah. bring me out. Totally. And so, and you have, I mean, you have a lot of, um, I don't know, you work in a lot of mediums, right? So you're, mm. you're a painter, uh, you're a radical, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, uh, you know, and you're a, a connoisseur of compost tea. <laughs> um, I'm a word guy. I, I'm a comedy guy. Uh, but yeah, so, okay. A wonderful podcast host. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah. So what would we, what would we make? Like I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by painting. Like mm. I would, it has to be. Um, how yeah. do you work like in collaborative spaces? Like when other people are like doing their thing, like oh. does that inspire you or like, do you like to work more individually and like apart from people? I like to work with people very much. Like I'm, I'm fueled creatively by other people. Totally. Um, you, I like to work in collaborative spaces, but like, I don't, I guess it's hard to work in painting like directly with someone sure. on a project. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, right. But like, that's where there's <laughs> space to like get really creative and, and ideas. Right. And may I may I talk about the paintings that I saw a little? Yeah. In, yeah sure. So I mean, w I was thinking actually before you were talking about like 
I don't know, sort of this this state of this external force of of making decisions and things. And I uh, there there's this grid pattern that I think you mentioned was inspired by decaying subway walls, yeah. right? So there's like <laughs> tile work, which is wonderful. Welcome to New York. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you. there is a lot of a lot of decaying subway walls around there. <laughs> but there there's something that, like my initial reaction to seeing those grids is just this sort of sense of like calm and like oh because like there's a system there is a form there's a structure and like it's a grid and it's organized and like thank god <laughs> um and which was really it was like oh that's very interesting that like <laughs> that you know and uh, of course it, it there's that you said it was on its side before so it was like these horizontal sort of um beats of color right mm. that's kind of looked like a landscape but then you're like no 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 it's this way and, I was like, <laughs> oh, and then it was like vertical stripes i was like oh there goes my horizon, <laughs> my horizon, vertical horizon. Yeah, is that a band? Yeah, or something uh, like uh, inspired like a real... some like indie pop sort of yeah. like yeah. Uh, they're probably a cool band, vertical horizon. Yeah, good one. Uh, Nickelback. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, painting is not like inherent. It's not like yeah, here, take my hand, <laughs> you know. Um, well, I'm wondering. I've never read your writing really, like directly. So I'm wondering right. what, so like, what your work God. looks like. Oh boy! So I've I've told I've told you I'm a word guy. I don't. So basically, like I I've been writing, you know, sort of poems and humorous things right. like most recently. Right. Um. So it's like little quips, right? Or or you know, little monologue-y things. Totally. Um. Okay. Well, so like. There's a there's a certain desire about like talking about art, you know. Um do you, like what would what would the voice like if if your pa- paintings either were given a voice or mm. were like spoken to? Right. What would like what would feel the best? As in like what kind of voice or like sure. about what? Yeah, I yeah, uh, maybe both. Like so I'm I'm feeling this impulse to like speak either for or to your paintings. Okay. Like, and this, like, that's sort of where I'm at. Okay. Um, um, well, something I've been, like, working on a lot is, like, the interaction between, like, human-built form and, like, natural process. And mm-hmm. so, like, I've been working on this, like, you know, like, decaying uh, wall situation. So, like, maybe there'd be, like, some verbal dialogue between like the built form and then like nature and like yeah some, like maybe like creating some sort of like word dialogue based on that yeah and i'm also thinking like that made me think of like sort of our inspired by our word conversation before mm-hmm. of like language as this tool right totally. it's this artificial like man-made form totally. right so like words versus the opposite of words like right. what is like what is oh, yeah, like natural natural one. like voice right like, <sighs> like i don't know that's, yeah. that's not exactly it but like you know some sort of guttural like uh sound right some like non like uh structurally communicative like yeah. way of getting out whatever right it is you want. but but still evocative right because right. we can't help but make meaning from totally totally timber and all those things um yeah yeah like also like pit it up against like normal language could be like similar to like the tile situation and then like the the evocative 
groans would right. be like more of the decay. Right. Yeah. So there would be maybe like two monologues, right? So yeah. it'd be like, here we see the horizon and we see colors and we see burnt umber and we see <laughs> uh, Duchess blue. Yes. I don't remember. Yellow <laughs> ochre. That's the one. Um, and then the other one would be like, something like that oh man i love it so then but okay so we have so that's that's pretty good content right and then but where like is it in the gallery and like where the fuck is the sound coming (laughs) from it do we have a speaker do people have you know for some reason taking headphones off of a wall and like put it and uh, being like hmm like oh, really look, hate it. i don't like it you know? i hate it <laughs> i also hate it and i wonder like what better way we have a lot of money right the cozy right. zone foundation is loaded oh my god i love it Un- limitless funds unlimited unlimited no limits vertical horizon and so <laughs> um what do we you know so what like what kind of may oh I mean, I'm so ready. Well, I mean, it w- wouldn't it be nice if like a gallery wall was like some sort of like speaker itself? Like yes. what if or well, no, that's I don't want to fuck up your canvas, but no, like you, speaker. I was thinking speaker behind the painting, maybe behind the painting or like, I mean, I want to invent like some sort of like speaker drywall or something. Hell yeah. I, I need to call out this this other thing that I didn't know. But like <laughs> there's a beautiful Remington typewriter. Uh, on this other table, um, there's a brown basket filled with cords, an empty terracotta thing, a dried <laughs> plant. There's the, like five candles there. See, there's, you're already working your magic with there's the words. A, there's a, right, a sand man. Is that port? Yeah, some sort of empty port bottle with some, a lot of dried flowers. You were saying like, oh, the plants are dying. But like most of them are like intentionally dried. <laughs> like there's like, yes, we, like there's, there's like, yes, we, we know they're dead. But and there's water in the intentionally dried plants too, which is confusing. But yeah, I don't know how intentional it was, but like they're definitely not going anywhere. But this so. is like, I mean, you see this at Michael's, you know, like you see this kind of. That that is true. Yeah, and well, like it for potpourri, once was like pretty green and purple. Oh, um, but oh, now purple. this is the end of its life, and yeah. we just haven't moved it. All right. So so there there are there are hidden speakers. There are hi- speakers masterfully like hidden in the space and like the acoustics are like very well engineered so like you maybe like it's directional you're like on one side of the painting you only hear one side you step into this like over a unseen threshold and you you know experience something else um and it's like oh yes notice you know this thing and so are all the sounds like simultaneously going on between works like are are they yes but i i mean we would have to have a way so that it wouldn't there wouldn't be bleed somehow magically there would not be bleed through the power of money and acoustics you know we would we would sequester the sound um based on the painting and now, you you work in pretty standard forms. It seems like pretty modest. Like mm, what, eighteen? In, I don't know. Twenty-four by thirty-six. 20, okay. Eighteen by twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like pretty. How do you feel about like? I want to go bigger. Large scale. I do want to go bigger, yeah. and it always challenges me more when I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, more of those five hours. You got to have more <laughs> five hours in there. Yeah. Why well, are you wanting to go bigger with our collaborative project? I figured it. You know, might as well, yeah, right? I mean, I I, I think there's something about like beholding like a huge 
painting totally. that it's just sort of like uh, you know it stops you right you know are yeah. we thinking like longer monologues per bigger painting or hmm that's uh, i may, may maybe i yeah. mean it depends or maybe not maybe not yeah maybe i mean there's I th- less to say when you're yeah it's just it's just sort of like behold yeah, like yeah. you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's nothing with the biggest painting there's silence Ooh, i like this yeah i like that one mm-hmm. Um, and with the little ones, it's like cute little painting noise. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, good. So uh, I'm, and I've I've made the assumption that this is in a gallery. Like right, we, yeah. I've made that sort of decision. Um, and yeah. So and but now and now we need to title the 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 show or the project. We need a, a name. Ooh, this is always the part. This is the part. Defining everything you've done into three simple or less words, usually. Or ten to twenty. Ten to twenty words. (laughs) Okay. I guess whatever we decide. Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah. um, What do you... Do you have a a sense of, like, what the... um, uh, Like, what the content of the paintings would be? Huh. I guess like similar to what you've seen. Okay. Oh right. Well, so this this interplay between man-made form or human-made yeah, yeah. form and uh, natural, natural decay, natural process. forces. Yeah. Okay. So that's act. That's a I, that's sort of the heart of the. That's the heart of it. Yeah. Totally. That concept. So. Mm, okay. Well, I don't know. Are we adding it to anything with the monologue? Like, is the content changing? Like, how are the words influencing content of the work? Oh. That's important, too. Oh, I guess, yeah. I, you know, I'm so deferent. <laughs> <sighs> um, I imagine... I, I mean, I imagine there'd be sort of, like... There'd be moments. I imagine some. It would be funny. Like I'd imagine the word yeah, would have to. I mean, totally. and it'll. It would all be funny. The noises would be funny. I mean, so it's all very humorous. But right. I think that I don't think it should necessarily. Like I wonder. Oh, actually. So I wonder if maybe some of the paintings are painted from. Like maybe a monologue comes first sometimes. And then a painting oh, happens yeah, that. Yeah, or, totally. or a sound happen, you know, a soundscape happens first and then a painting happens. Totally. And so there's like maybe a, a dialogue that way as yeah, well. Yeah, I like that. Um, but all, I think all this, this idea of like, we have to find the word for it, but like form or structure, architecture. Yeah, I'm just thinking this is your game because you're the word man. Right, right, right. So infrastructure... Uh, infrastructure, force of nature, nature structure. I mean, it's this. It's just <laughs> this. It's you know. This is the struggle, <laughs> right? So it's um, uh, you know, um, code, codex, mm. DNA, mm. DNasty. Uh, <laughs> d- uh, nature. Oh, it could not be a word. We could go with like the evocative uh, sound thing as the title. I like er, like er text, like the Mm -hmm. sort of the original, like you are er. Yeah. Earn, earn, earn it. (laughs) Ernie and Bert. (laughs) Er. That's definitely it. (laughs) Ernie and Bert and Ernie. 
Bert and Ernie. Yeah, Bert could be B R R T and Ernie U R N I Y. Yeah, I could dig it. Mm. Really abstract. All right, I don't. You don't. I like that's. You're being kind. <laughs> you're being very kind, but I don't think. I don't think we found it. Um. Um. Uh, uh, Are Bert and Ernie representative of like actual? Or was that just derived from like the sound? It was derived from the sound, but like, aren't aren't they aren't they aren't they society? No, I think they could be very well. No, I don't know. Um, Like, what is like? I'm trying to think of like an actual natural process, like a thing where that actually happens in my daily life. Like, there's ivy, there's um, rotting something. Uh huh. Um. I feel like there's just so much rot around us every day in New York City. Rot around us. Rot around us is a lovely. Oh, I like yeah. rot around it's pretty us. Pretty catchy. Rot around us. Huh. Rot around us. Rot around us. But then it, it feels like there needs to be. A, it's like da 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 da. Like. Yeah. Okay. So like like a, part, so that's first like, part. Yeah. Rot around us, and then something that rhymes. Um, oh, it's difficult. Rot around us. Rot around us. Rot around us. Rot around us. That's not bad. Yeah, we could stick with that. Rot around us. Rot around us. I mean, it's so fun to say. Yeah. Rot around us. Or rot around us. Rot around us. Rot and and yeah, if you if you if you really rot around us. Rot around us. That's nice. And then because it shifts and it's rolls off the tongue. Yeah, rot around us is very different than rot around us. Totally true. Hmm. Nice. Should we stick with that? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Um, so concludes so concludes a cozy zone. Uh, Lisa, do you have any questions for me? No, just thank you so much. Thank you and so much. Really cool idea, and I fully support your whole process. Thank you so much. <laughs> Rot around us. Coming <laughs> around soon. Us. Check it out. Cozy Zone Foundation. Thank you to our funders at yes. the Cozy Zone Foundation for uh, making Rot around us possible. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Um, we end we end with a song. We make up a song. Oh, we do? Um, yeah. Do you sing? No. So far from it. N- not One at all? One way that I'd never express myself creatively. Do you life. make, can you make a noise with your, can you make some sort of noise? Do you start with a noise and we'll, uh, we'll do a little riff. We'll do a little noise song. Should it be like a musical? You, whatever. Do, 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 do. Okay. <laughs> Okay, can you like loop that? Can you? That was. Dude. Should I just keep going? Yeah, just, okay. just, and I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. I'll be right here. Okay. Do, 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 do. do. <laughs> oh my god. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I feel like my do's have like really changed throughout the whole thing. That's great. Okay. There's no there's no writing. Yeah, we're making up a song because this is the way the cozy zone ends. So so we've discovered one time. Um yeah, maybe we can we can find a a big finish. Can find a big finish. Okay. Thank you so much, Lisa. (laughs) 
that was great. Thank you. Thank you. We are intimately finding our peaceful, cozy zone. And Ben, he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally, it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please, snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing, it's cozy zone. <laughs>